Well, hey there, sugar. This here is Rogue, and you are listening to Comics in Motion. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Come on, Bob, for old times, huh? Harley Quinn, nice to meet ya. <laughs> Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I am inevitable. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Comics in Motion podcast. I'm one of your host, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Comics in Motion TV and movie reviews for shows that are based on comic books. Myself, I'll be reviewing from the perspective of a long-time comic book reader. And I'll be reviewing from the TV and movie perspective. And what we also love to do is we also like to spoil the hell out of everything we review. So if you haven't watched our choice of the week, then we'd advise you to proceed with caution. And remember, with an average podcast comes no responsibility. Now, Chris, just before we get into what we're going to review this week. So our mate there, John Hammond, uh, tweeted that he was going back and listening to our old episode 50. And I have to say, so that prompted me to go back and listen to it. And, ah, oh Christ, I, I'd forgotten just how much fun we had putting that together. <laughs> it took us bloody ages, though, didn't it? I mean, that took weeks and weeks of just writing alternate lyrics and trying to think well how can we if we do a whole musical episode you know like a, a whole uh, Buffy did it didn't they uh, you know didn't they with uh, one more time of feeling I think it was called uh, you know so how could we crowbar that in but fuck me I was just pissing myself going back I, I haven't listened to that in a long time but uh, yeah a tremendous amount of fun and i tell you what was interesting chris to go back and, and listen to it back then and how fucking long our episodes were <laughs> i know horrendous two hours you said to me about get you know i've been listening to it recently i think i listened about six months ago and i put it on i was like holy shit we're looking to hit an hour these days dave you know so it's two hours we did some proper waffling however i did enjoy it it's just, it's a lot, it's more of the post stuff than it is the recording. The recording is yeah. the fun part. It's all, the, it's the toss up between who gets heads or tails, who's going to edit it, doesn't it, yeah. Dave? <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I mean, it, it's less than an hour by design, isn't it? So we, we, we did try to make sure we were limiting ourselves, but also I think dropping the pop culture stuff, you know, what was going on in the news. So we were discussing what, was you know what we thought was going to happen in the next Avengers movie? Uh, you were convinced the Hulk was a scroll. <laughs> kind of forgotten about that uh, and some of your predictions. But uh, yeah, now it, it was brilliant to go back and, and listen to. So yeah, if you're listening out there and you haven't listened to our episode fifty, we did a whole musical thing some a lot of the music hurts my ears quite honestly, but it's all done in just good fun. <laughs> Especially when I, I, I big myself up saying I was a singer at some point, Dave. Yeah, at least you're I, thinking, I yeah, think. I don't know. What's the story? Nicholas Fury comes off quite well. I think. I think we put in Hulk uh, or Hush rather. You know, Hush yes. slash Hulk quite late because there was that whole failed Ed Sheeran. Thing, oh my god! Wasn't Let's never remember. ever talk about that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> never talk about that. That didn't I go so well. The crooner, it, it didn't go very well it, it, at all. 
it says something, doesn't it? Like the the music on there is terrible anyway, but uh, uh, you know the Ed Sheeran one was particularly spectacularly <laughs> bad. That was that was Samurai Cop bad, to be honest, wasn't it? Let's face it. Yeah, but I didn't have a woman coming up to me saying she wanted to fuck me. Then, like yeah. Samurai Cop. So. Well, maybe if you if you release it, Chris, maybe they will. But um, I'm suspecting <laughs> I don't think not. So. I don't think so, Dave. <laughs> but anyway, Chris, what are we going to review today? Today we are going to review the recently released second series on Netflix of the Umbrella Academy. And it it's a 10-part series, so we haven't split it like we usually do. We've gone for the full 10 episodes today. So, yeah, it's a full review of everything that goes on in the series. So, it's quite interesting. We've done Daredevil. We split that. We split a couple of the other series because they're just so long. But with it being 10 episodes, we literally powered through it, Dave, didn't we? So, yeah, we're on that today. Yeah, and I think, you know, we, we generally, we're not shy about spoilers. I think because this is so new, we'll, we'll try not to spoil everything. Um, and literally, we can't. We're not going to go through each episode, so we're, this will be more of a summary kind of show and uh, just what, what we think of the overall series. So, Chris, before we get into the discussion, should we go into our trailer? Let's go. Diego! What the hell did we do now? What was that? The end of the world, November 25th, 1963. And where am I now? Dallas, 10 days earlier. I need to find my family. I want to say we brought the end of the world back here with us. Oh my god, again? My cult is gonna be so pissed. I told him we had until 2019. We have until Monday. Everything in our new lives is connected from the plot to assassinate the president. That can't be a coincidence. None of us are supposed to be here, right? We know something changes the timeline. We have to make it right again before everyone and everything we know is dead. Who are those guys? They're not here to sell vacuums. The commission will hunt us down wherever and whenever we go. What is that, like a wingman? You don't know anything about me. I know me. everything. You are an open book written for very dumb children. Klaus, it's been here? No, unfortunately, ghosts can't time travel. Are you kidding me? Quick 
rundown. Luther, super strength. Klaus can commune with the dead. Allison can rumor anyone to do anything. Except she never uses him. I heard a rumor. You punched yourself you in punched the face. Now, Chris, I think we both really liked this season one, didn't we? And uh, yeah. it was interesting that it came out around the same time as Doom Patrol. And I think if I remember right, you preferred this one over Doom Patrol and I preferred Doom Patrol over this one. Was that right? It was, yeah. And to be fair, Dave, I haven't even finished Doom Patrol. I think we reviewed the first five or six episodes, something like that. Uh I'm I'm guessing now and I have to go back, but I know we didn't review the whole series, but I didn't finish it. And not because I didn't like it, I just fell off it because it wasn't um, one of them things where I think we get, because the amount of TV shows and movies that we requested the movies we review, I just couldn't keep up with it. I genuinely couldn't keep up with it. So yeah, I do need to go over that and I do need to go over the second series because that is out there as well in the wild, which is readily available now. But yeah, Umbrella Academy for me was brilliant. I think the boys picked it in the end last year. That that just sneaked ahead. Uh, I thought it was sensational, the boys. But it, it was a great series and I really loved the dynamic of how they came together and, and how they put it on the screen. And I thought it was one of the Netflix specials. I did think it was just below Daredevil, Dave. You know how much I love that and I love the boys. They're my two favourites. Yeah. No, I, I, I did really like it. And it, it, it was interesting the way it flowed last year, wasn't it? Because we had uh, Titans coming out and that was a real kind of, for us at least, it, it was a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde kind of series because some things were like really gritty. You got Dick Grayson dragging people's faces across the wall and, you know, across broken glass and things. And then uh, other times it looks like a, a bit of a CW show, you know, a bit of a teen drama sort of thing. So that was a bit up and down, but it, it was something new. And then I think we watched Umbrella Academy. Then we watched uh, Doom Patrol and then and then the boys. And I, I think it was, you know, for me at least, Titans just got worse. As all these other series came out, I, I think, you know, what I thought about Titans uh, generally degraded. But yeah, so, I mean, we talked about this in, in season one, didn't we? But, you know, it's all written by uh, Gerard Way, so the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. Uh, I think they got back together recently, didn't they, Chris? Oh, I don't know, Dave. I'm not a big yeah. fan of him, to be honest. Pro probably, uh, yeah, so my teenage daughter's quite into them, which is a bit strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, so that's probably why I know that. But, um. Yeah, so I think, and I think I said at the time, you know, he his influence of starting off Umbrella Academy really started from Grant Morrison's run on Doom Patrol. So there is a bit of a link there. And, you know, he ended up writing Doom Patrol himself. So, yeah, as the second sort of series and everything, uh, and second graphic novel that, or set of issues, that was all kind of put together by him. But, um, I mean, what, what I guess... Without going into too many details, I mean, what what are your overall thoughts of the the series, Chris? Yeah, it's funny because it starts, and I'm not going to go through it, but it's in an era that I like. So it, it, the whole second series is centered around, and this is the only spoiler, Dave, because we can't really talk about the series and not mention what it where they are. But they get transported back to the early '60s. Each one of the six or the five, um, because five sort of flicks anyway, but they 
genuinely either get to 1960 down an alleyway, 1961, 1962, or even 1963, possibly on them. But it's all within this one alleyway, and it comes up with a year that the, the graphics are really good because when one of them comes in, it shows the year sort of by the side of them as they sort of wake mm -hmm. up. But it, it's a bit a bit like a Terminator type situation where they just land, don't they? A load of like electrics and they land in this alleyway. That's the whole premise of the show. I love, as I always mention, I love the 1960s, 70s America. I love the cars. That is just, even the 50s stuff I love, but it's the American era for me, the muscle cars, especially the late 60s. So when it got transported back to this era and the music and the style of like the outfits and everything, I was like, oh, great. And they're in Texas, obviously, because it's all to do with the JFK shooting. You know, So that's what the whole second series is around, really. That's the pivot of the whole premise of it i did think this is great we had a discussion you were further on in the series than me and i was like this is brilliant this is brilliant however it does take a bit of a slower dip towards the middle of the series and i will say as an overview the humor isn't as upfront as the first series in the first series i thought it was great i thought the dynamics of the characters were great like diego is funny i think five is one of my favorites to be honest in the whole series i just love the fact that this kid he's like nearly 70 really but he's been trapped in this child's body because he's been in this different world um i, I do like the dynamic of the whole family of them but but I do think that it does dip slightly. And I think towards the end, it gets stronger. However, and I'm not you know, going to reveal my score, I don't necessarily think it's as good as the first series, Dave. It's still great. And what's funny is this second series has been reviewed higher than the first series. But for me personally, I don't think it hits the heights of the first. Because I think there's a lot of build-up, but not a lot happens really. You know what it reminds me of? And I, I wonder if this is just the way we're kind of binging through it. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the Marvel Netflix series. You know, a lot of those series seem to lull quite a bit in the middle. Yes. You know, you kind of have your filler episodes. And it felt like that to me. But I don't, I don't honestly know. Is that because, you know, there wasn't a lot going on? Uh, one of the series that everyone always goes on about is Breaking Bad. And, you know, how many of those episodes were, like, really slow episodes? Uh, loads of them. Yeah. So I don't know if it's if it's the way we're kind of binging through it, and I'm like, yeah, we need, need to get to episode 10, need to get to the end so that we can jump on and review it. You know, it's like, I, I don't know, but I felt that Lola as well in the middle. Um, I do think... That the, you know, so at the end of season one, it was like the end of the world, wasn't it? And so yeah. they had to go back in time and then the family are all scattered around, you know, the different timelines. So that that's where it kind of starts off and then gradually through, you know, they'll they'll find each other and what have you. I, yeah, I, I think I'm with you that what it doesn't do, it doesn't stop me looking at my phone. You know, I think as I'm watching these series and episodes and what have you, if it is lulling, I, I do get a bit distracted and I'm sort of checking my phone and Twitter and what have you. I, I think maybe that's me, <laughs> but I, I kind of think there's there's lots of things. Like you say, we watch so much. Um, 
there's lots of things that I watch and I I don't get distracted with the phone, but but for this series, I I think I did, to be honest. It, it's quite interesting, old Dave. I think going back on something I've just said and you've just said, I think you hit the nail on the head. When you, you think about like, I you know I hold Daredevil, I mention it all the time, as the pinnacle for me. And the boys' first series was up there, without a doubt. I think in, in a different way, it, it held my attention. You mentioned about being distracted. I am one of the worst, Dave. You know I am. I have my head has got 10, 15 things going on at once. I've got so many things, you know, and I forget stuff or whatever. But literally with Daredevil and that, I I had a do not disturb sign on the door. I didn't watch it in the gym. Like I've watched a lot of this when I've been on my bike in the gym or training in the gym and I've just had it there, you know, front and center. But as I'm working out or whatever, I've got it on. With the Daredevil, it was like, no, I want it on my full telly. I want the soundbar on full blast because I, I have the luxury of, of not having any neighbours because we, we, I'm looking to be in a detached house now. So I can have full blast anything on, Dave, even maybe some of the other stuff that I shouldn't be watching um, can be full blast <laughs> their porn, maybe. But anyway, Dave, let's... let's, let's... <laughs> I, I joke, people. I joke. <laughs> or, or do I? But anyway. Um, joking, but, not joking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking knows he's getting bigger, Dave. But anyway. Um, no, but I do agree. I completely agree with you that in the Daredevil, we had the third series. We had the whole, all of a sudden, we had a fucking backstory of Karen for a full episode in the third series. And you're like... We should have had this at the start. And plus, she's trying to pull off the old Christian Bale. I'll just sweep my hair slightly to one side and pretend that I'm 16 when she's clearly <laughs> late 30s. It was a nonsense episode. You mentioned Breaking Bad. Obviously, there was the writing strike. We had a full episode of Brian Cranston, Walter White, looking at a fly and trying to catch a fly in the lab because they had no <laughs> material. Everyone was on the strike. You're totally right. Prison Break, I love that first series. I don't think that has any drops. The other series do because of the writer's strike. There was definitely Fiddler's episodes after the writer's strike around 2009-10. With Daredevil and even The Punisher, The Punisher does suffer with this. The two series of The Punisher are unbelievably violent and I rate it as one of my favourites. However, there's some Dullers Dishwater episodes, but you can forgive it because the violence and the jaw-dropping moments that just you go holy shit and that's where i think this series doesn't have it it doesn't have moments yeah there's some great fight scenes of choreography there's a great backstory there's some really underlying stuff um there that really really you know we'll talk about that in a minute the the, the backdrop of the kennedy stuff there but there's some really sort of 1960s era problems there um but yeah there's, there's nothing when it actually goes past the boring stuff or the filler bits of an episode, there's nothing that grabs me to go, you know what, I can forget about that because this has just absolutely blown the socks off me and I've gone, wow, this is amazing. I just think it's good, but it's not great. Yeah. So, I mean, what what do you think about the different kind of characters that we've got in there and kind of how much screen time they've got? Because I, I put my cards on the table, I, I think they've devoted uh, a lot more time in this season to number five. So uh, the young kind of Aidan Gallagher, you know, the young man playing an old man in a young man's body kind of thing. Um, I, I just think, to me, Chris, uh, this guy is going to be a superstar. I just, yeah. when he's on the screen... I believe that he's an old man, you know, in a young man's body. And the kid yeah. is just 
f- a phenomenal actor. And you know, he, he's he's bloody he's a member of the UN and stuff. And you know, he does all kinds of things, and and he's just one of those multi talented people uh, that's either going to be an absolute star or go off the rails and rule the world. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I like I say, I think number five is my favorite character in the whole show without a doubt i wasn't sure in the, i did like him in the first series but i did like diego because he's the sort of ninja type brother you've got uh, number one is it number one's the big guy and who's on the space he's he's like but he's just like a bit part player in this in the first series it was mainly about him wasn't it yeah dickon is that yeah that, <laughs> game of thrones yeah um yeah. what's he called in this um tom who oh he's luther isn't luther. he um... yeah he, he's quite a bit part player in this he's almost it's just in the background and you know, all the other characters are great. You know, you've got, uh, not Sonia, what's she called? Uh, Vanya, you know, she's like the, the absolute most, uh, powerful one of all yeah. the kids. Um, and you've got her old journey with the fact that she falls in love with this lady to become a couple and all that. But I, I think number five, and you are so right, Dave, he's the most convincing character in the whole series. And I, I'm with you. I think he's phenomenal. And and genuinely, what you've just said, and I'm not just saying this, you've just said it, loads of times when I'm watching him act, especially because he has a lot of episodes with Luther and that, because of, uh, like, he sort of ends up being like his right-hand man, don't he back up in, towards a later thingy. But he, I, I genuinely sat there going, shit, I keep forgetting he's a kid. Yeah. You do forget, you do forget because he's that good at his character. Yeah, and you were right, what you said. I think that's probably one of the, the best comments you've said with for the in this episode. I, I I totally relate to that. And I think people, when they actually watch it, will relate. He, he's just got this weird look about him, which is menacing. And, and the fact that he's dressed up as a fucking Bass Street kid, and that's a, a Beano <laughs> comic reference, guys, if you're not from the UK. <laughs> he's dressed like some kid from Eton or something with the socks up to the knees. and the, It's fucking brilliant, Dave. Yeah, I, and I think... Um... Uh, to me, it, it just felt like everyone else was playing a supporting role to him. Yes. Um, you know, they, they kind of get their screen time. Like you say, I mean, Ellen Page is the biggest name in the series, isn't she? But um, I, I don't think she was particularly a standout character. I, I definitely think it's number five. You know, because you get time spent with uh, Diego as well, don't you? And he kind of has this thing with... Uh, with his handler who he meets in the nut house kind of thing. Um, and you get, uh, I mean, I, I, I actually think I really like Robert Sheehan. Um, saw him in the misfits years ago. Um, I, and I just thought he was brilliant in that, but the guy who plays Klaus. Yes. Yeah. I felt like he was a little bit underused and picking up on your point about the, the humor. I did think the humor was missing a little bit more in this series. I did feel like it was a, bit more serious and um you know he's he's got this whole guru thing going on for him but i i don't know i just i just like klaus in season one a little bit more i think yeah he was funny because you had the whole duology thing with the brother didn't you the the, the brother yeah. who's died uh th- this is still there there's still that but it's like you say they're expanding on the characters but i do think the tone and and that's what i was talking about a few minutes ago Let's talk about it. Also, the JFK stuff, racism is one of the biggest things within this episode and same-sex relationships, Dave. You know, so the the tackling stuff that in 2020 is the norm and so it should be that 
it's not acceptable for people to judge somebody on the color of the skin, uh, who they're in love with. That is just not where we live in. Unfortunately, it's reared its ugly head this year in 2020, Dave. There's so many wrong reasons. We've seen that worldwide as well as the pandemic. But the fact that they, they touch on that is difficult as well because it's really hard hitting, isn't it? So yeah. you've got Alison there. You know, I've heard a rumor. She's yeah. married now and she's married to a guy who's part of um, it's sort of like a civil rights movement, isn't he? You know, and, yeah. and he's a good actor. He's very good in this as well as a husband. But I think as well, it doesn't really fit with the first series. So it feels like they've got the same characters, but they've just... It's it's on. I don't know. It feels like a completely different script to what we saw in the first series, Dave. The lightheartedness of it is very few and far between. Other than the odd one line in between the brothers and sisters when they meet up and that, it's not got the same feel to me at all. Yeah, and I wonder how much this was influenced by the Watchmen series. So I don't think you've you've seen that, have you? Uh, I've um, seen the first two of the new series, but I didn't watch it after that. Right, I mean that 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 is bloody hard hitting, uh, and and tackles racism head on. And what it does brilliantly is, you know, it's in this fictional alternate history, you know. So it was an alternate history in 1985, and it's just carried on in real time, and it gives you a look at, you know, how the world would be today. But what it does brilliantly, it, it talks to things like, you know, the racism and you know, bigotry and misogyny and everything, but in this fictional world, and it brings in kind of things that happened in the real world to, you know, things that happened in this, this imaginary fictional world. And I think that's what, um, I, I don't know if they were influenced by that, but it does seem like not in as much of a hard hitting way, but it definitely does kind of bring it up, doesn't it? Um, front and center especially when they're doing the the kind of they they do a bit of a picket thing don't they so you know people of color weren't allowed in these kind of white cafes and stuff and it, i i don't know about you chris but it's so fucking uncomfortable to watch but it fucking should be as well <laughs> you know that's should, yeah. that's what they're trying to do and I, I think that was that was pretty good and i think the i, I mean like i say we i think we could touch on some story points not you know not really spoiling it but you know there's a bit where kind of a husband is getting beat down um you know uh, by a by a white cop and then because she uses her powers you know i heard a rumor he then doesn't trust her you know because he's like well you a black woman have just said something to a white cop to stop beating me you must be working for them or something. Something weird is going on because he wouldn't just stop beating the crap out of me. So, you know, rather than being happy that, you know, he's he's no longer getting beaten up, he's like, nah, there's something not right here. And, uh, you know, puts her in quite a difficult position. So I, I think little things like that were done really, really well. Yeah, they were, Dave. And I think as well, like you say about the the tackled brilliantly, they really are. There's some of the fucking, it's horrible to watch some of the races and that goes on. It's disgusting. And I'm not just saying that for the podcast, David. It genuinely is. It's hard to watch. And that means they've done the job with the writing. The actors have, have produced, you know, what they should have done to, to p- depict what this was about in the 60s. It was horrible. But but also what I think as well is because we didn't have the dynamic of the mum 
who was the robot in the mm-hmm. first series, and the monkey, which was like the confidant, one he was like the butler for them all and looked after like the handler yeah. after the dad died. Because it was more grounded, that light relief and ridiculousness, which is why I think the first series has a lot of similarities to Doom Patrol, because that's what it was very similar to Doom Patrol, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, the second series wasn't, and I loved it. I loved the setting. I love all that. I love that whole thing. But when it actually came to pass at the end of the 10 episodes, I was like, right, okay. That that was it. I didn't feel like I want to watch the third series, if that makes sense. When I watched the first series, I was like, oh, great. I can't wait for this to come out. This didn't give me that feeling. Yeah, and I guess it... <sighs> The first season's left on a real cliffhanger, didn't it? You know, end of the world. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, you kind of have to watch the second series. And I think, you know, without revealing what it was, they've tried to dangle something, you know, as for a, for a third season. But I, I don't really feel that that's compelling enough. It, it, it does feel like closure to me. Like, so if, if there isn't a third season, and to be honest, I think there will be. Yeah. I don't know, it's possibly even out there already that, you know, it might have confirmed I hadn't seen it. But um, I think with how successful it's been with the critics, certainly, and the fact that everyone's fucking at home, Chris. <laughs> so, yeah. Whoever watched season one and enjoyed it is going to be sat at home in lockdown watching season two. So, you know, maybe not quite as quickly as, uh, as us binging through it, but... Yeah, I I think this will get a third season. I guess what, you know, and we hadn't discussed this before. I think we discussed it, you know, after we'd watched a couple of episodes, like you say, I I think I'd watched a couple more. But since then, since we've finished it, we we haven't discussed it. It's it's interesting. I think both you and I are probably missing that humour a bit more. So I think think the quality of the writing, uh, the... Uh, the special effects, the way it looks, all the cinematography and everything, I think it looks fantastic. Um, and so that's possibly why, critically, it's you know it, it's scoring a bit higher. I mean, on Rotten Tomatoes, it, it's uh, it's got an audience score of 89% as well. So, you know, people are loving this. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I think it's just, I'm personally missing that humour. Yeah, yeah. And look, we just do saying it from our critical eye of what we see, what what we what we want more than anything. I think just because they had no backup of what the second series was going to be about, and then actually going through it, I was like, yeah, it's good, and it is good. It's not look, it's not a bad series. It's definitely bingeable. It's definitely a Netflix special. I, I'd recommend anybody go and watch it. However, for me, it just doesn't hit the heights of the first series, and I think I sent the first series to Asgard, Dave. So I think I might have done as well. I, th- I think I like Doom Patrol a bit more, but they were both absolute top quality series. Um, what I'd say as well is I couldn't, because it was all around the JFK assassination, I couldn't separate my mind from the, uh, there's a, an episode of Red Dwarf. So the first, I think it's the first episode of the seventh series. So when it went all glossy and uh, there was obviously a lot more money spent on it, I think there was less time and, and effort spent on the writing. And and so for me, uh, that was the beginning of the end for uh, for Red Dwarf. Uh, for again, for me personally, but they did a whole JFK assassination uh, episode, and and so I couldn't. 
watch this without my mind sort of drifting back to Red Dwarf. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that was possibly distracting me as well. But, yeah, no, definitely a really good season. And uh, I'm trying to think, <laughs> what about the music? What do you reckon to the music? Because that was a real prominent thing in the first series as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think that it starts off, most of the music in the first couple of episodes is of its time. So it's early 60s, late 50s, great bits of music, Dave. Really, really in tone with the setting, setting up the fact that they've actually gone back in time to like the early 60s. As it goes on, obviously we get stuff like the Backstreet Boys, Backstreet's All Right and all that. So you get over time, there's Kiss music in there as well. So the 70s stuff as the 80s. I think the music is very good. And I think with most of these things these days now, the soundtracks make them. And I think it goes along very well. I couldn't put my head on my hand, uh, head on my hand day. That'd be a good one. My <laughs> hand on my heart even. Um, and actually say, I remember every song other than the Backstreet Boys. And I think it was my way, Big Frank, Sinatra. But everything else, it just seemed to fit. And I, I was happy with it. I didn't, I didn't think it was one of the best, but I also thought it was brilliant the way it brought the story together. You know what, Chris? So, and we were talking before about how much you know is bloody Google and Alexa. They they listening to us, but fucking Alexa threw me under the bus the other day with the Backstreet Boys. So, I I think my daughter asked for uh, everybody. You know the the same song that, that appears in this one by Backstreet Boys, and she responds, "Playing Everybody" by the Backstreet Boys from your library. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake, Alexa, <laughs> you don't have to tell. Just play the fucking song, you know what I mean? I don't have to admit that I've got a Backstreet Boys, best of Backstreet Boys in my fucking library. But yeah, yeah, just reminded me of that. <laughs> oh, Dave, shall we go into our review? Yeah, let's go. Now, Chris, do you want to go first? Yep, well, so I think I've said everything I can about the series. It's a great watch. I definitely recommend you guys, if you do value our opinions, to go out there and watch it. It's on Netflix, so if you have got Netflix, just see how, how far you get with it. It's 10 episodes. We run about 50 minutes each, so it is there is a bit of investment there. It's about eight hours worth of viewing time but if you can watch it over a period of a few weeks it's not too bad and I genuinely did enjoy it however I just didn't think it was as good as the first series so I've owned an hard day thinking you know considering I sent it to Asgard the first series where I'm going to put it but I think I'm going to put it Hall of Justice I just don't think it's Atlantis level either I just think I don't know there's just something missing for me and, and like I say you might watch this and go Chris what the hell are you talking about but for me, I literally, the last few episodes were more a case of, I've got to watch these because we're going to review it very soon. It just didn't give me that. I need to watch one more episode. Let's just keep watching it continually. So it's like one big film. It was it was a little bit of a drag in the middle and a little bit towards the end as well. And I didn't get the conclusion that I wanted. It basically said that they're just going to rinse and recycle the same format now for the third series. So unless they change it, we're going to end up with the same sort of cliffhanger that we did with the first and second one. So, yeah, Hall of Justice for me. So, about yourself, Dave? You know what's just occurred to me? We, one thing, one of the seasons we didn't cover, I mean, we've not covered loads of stuff, but um, we didn't do uh, Daredevil Season 2, no. which is where the Punisher first shows up. 
So at, at some point, you know, we'll probably go back and, and watch that because we did the first one and the third one, didn't we? So just need to go back and finish that off because I uh, basically have OCD. <laughs> so now that, now I remember that we haven't done it. I'm like, oh, we'll need to do that. And uh, we haven't done like Jessica Jones and stuff, have we? So I guess the problem is it just takes so long to get through a series as opposed yeah. to a movie, doesn't it? But yeah, so, so we'll do that one day. Um, I think I, I'm probably a, a little bit higher than you. So for me personally, there was definitely a drop off from season one. And I think I do put it down to the humor. I think the fact that number five uh, gets a lot more screen time is is a good decision i think this guy is going to be an absolute star and and has acting chops way beyond his years uh, and i think we're going to be seeing a lot more of him um but suffering from that i think you you get the rest of the family kind of you know falling into the background a little bit more i'd, I'd have liked to have seen klaus get a little bit more screen time than he did and uh yeah uh, you know luther and stuff just we were just bit part players in the series, really. Um, even Diego, I would say, you know, he kicks ass, but pff, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it just for me, the first series really grabbed me when they did that whole um, dance. You know, I think they're alone now. Oh, that was they're all... that in each room. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, this series didn't have kind of any moment like that. You know, where it was just like absolutely iconic. Oh, yeah, I, I could go back and watch that right now. So, yeah, it, there is a drop-off from season one. Like I say, critically, it seems to, uh, you know, this scores eight on uh, IMDb. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has got an 89% scoring with the critics and with the audience score as well. So probably we're in the minority, but there's not as much of a drop-off uh, I, I don't think as as there is with you. So for me, it's an Atlantis as opposed to an Asgard. I think I, I think I rated the the first series as an Asgard, but it was on the the kind of lower side. I think if my memory serves, I could always go back and listen, but not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I, I don't think it, it drops off quite enough. If there is a third series, I, I, yeah, of course. We'll probably watch it and review it, but I'm not dying to know what happens. You know, at the end of the first series, there was that massive cliffhanger and there's more of a an intrigue, you know, into what would happen as opposed to I need to know what, what's going to happen next for this. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great summary of it, to be fair. Exactly how I feel, Dave. Um, so, guys, if you want to contact the show, at Comics Emotion P on Twitter, the Comics Emotion Podcast at gmail.com. And now we literally have a show every day, guys. So if there's anything that tickles your fancy in the comic world, whether it be TV and movies that myself and Dave do, whether it's uh, Indie Comic Spotlight, Tony does, just for an example, we've got all sorts of shows there. Get over there, give the guys a follow. There's some great people on there creating some great stuff, aren't there, Dave? And, and also, we possibly may have another show in the uh, fire dave might we which we're just testing out at the moment yeah so we've got one episode in the bag haven't we so uh, and it's just we're experimenting a little bit so the new show will be called comics on trial and the intent is that we'll be this won't have regular hosts like all the other shows um like i say some fantastic shows you know we've got there we've got uh superheroes for dummies 
love that show you know just the way they'll step through if you've not listened to the miracle man episode i suggest you um kind of get across definitely in the u.s i don't think there's much kind of exposure to this but they talk you through who this guy is um so chris basically this this was a split off um captain marvel essentially that's that's where he originated but he really kind of came to prominence in 82 when alan moore kind of put his whole different spin on it so yeah definitely if you've not listened to that episode go ahead and listen to that what's the topic i love you know matt and luke they're kind of back and forth reminds me a little bit of you chris not afraid to call each other out but that's much more about what's going on in kind of uh the news and everything with casting with kind of movie news tv news and stuff in and around the kind of comic book space um you know max is taking a bit of a break at the minute with mandatory marvel and dc so can't wait for that to come back the uh, indie comics spotlight for tony regular as clockwork every friday that's coming out we've got mike uh who's doing a tour of the uk by the looks of it so you know he'll be back with his star wars stuff but definitely i'm excited to you know see where this comics on trial goes so we've got a basic format but i think when with the different hosts coming on there you'll get something different and so basically we'll put something on trial uh, and and this week it's the trial of the Incredible Hulk, uh, not the movie, but uh, the actually the two thousand three Ang Lee Hulk. So uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say, Chris, we had a lot of fun with that one, didn't we? Oh, good, it was really good. It was a great episode. Tony's good fun, Dave. Your Honor, sorry, yeah. you were the judge. You, Your Honor, I was. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so we'll have we'll have a prosecution, a defence, and a judge to to basically. Uh, defend uh, or, or side with the prosecution or the uh, or the defense and uh, I won't reveal which way that one went but we'll probably get a couple more episodes in the bag before we start releasing that one but I'd expect that to happen over the next few weeks so for next week's offering all I'm going to say to you in one of my terrible impressions is I am Groot enjoy these five on Xandar. Check out the rap sheets. Drax, a.k.a. the Destroyer. Since his wife and family were killed, he's been on a rampage across the galaxy in a search for vengeance. Gamora, soldier, assassin, wanted on over a dozen counts of murder. Rocket, wanted on over 50 charges of vehicular theft and escape from lockup. What the hell? Root, has been traveling recently as Rocket's personal houseplant slash muscle. Peter Jason Quill. He's also known as Star-Lord. Who calls him that? Himself, mostly. He's wanted largely on charges of minor assault, public intoxication, and fraud. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know how this machine worked. Hey, hey, hey. That's mine. Hey! 
Take those headphones off right now. They call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. What a bunch of a-holes. stuff good stuff so dave thank you today cracking episode and go out there and listen to it and watch the umbrella academy guys it's definitely worth a watch and we'll see you next time bye now excuse me i'm eric venture james xavier go fuck yourself what in the tell me something my friend you ever dance with the devil in the pale of night what i always ask that of all my prayers I just like the sound. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Would you care to step outside? Come to me, son of Jerome. Kneel before Zod. Why so serious? Let's put a smile on that face. I am Iron Man. I'm Batman. I'm good.